the logic approach to dealing with life and problems has had its day in the mental health industry. History shows that talk therapy only takes you so far. We're much more open to other things. For me, creative processes fills that void. I had something unique to offer and I found, especially with the creative movement and the journaling, people are hungry for it because we've tried the talk therapy, we've tried mainstream therapies, and we know that they either A, don't work, especially if you're not a logic person, and B, they only take you so far. Welcome back to the podcast. We're here with Joe Hayter, that is H-A-Y-T-E-R, and her website is unretirable.com.au. Joe Hayter is a writer, educator, and holistic counselor specializing in creative therapy. So we're going to be talking today about creative movement therapy modalities and how Joe's vision is healing lives, changing generations, and her mission is self-understanding through creative education. So we're going to be talking about writing, journaling, poetry, dance, movement, painting, drawing, sculpture, drama, and so many creative outlets so that way you can reduce trauma and anxiety and get to healing and exploration of emotions and increase your own self-awareness using forms of creative expression. Sounds exciting and sounds like a tall order. So Joe, glad to be talking to you. Hi, Robert. Just so happy to be here. I love to share my work because I have so many amazing breakthroughs with it. So I like to inspire people in creativity. And we are in the day and age where you can express yourself in so many ways, where your reach is potentially unlimited, and where people are always looking for kind of that edge or that new approach to their problems. So what problem do you solve and how do you solve it? Well, basically, I'm working with anxiety, Robert, and the stats for anxiety around the world are really quite high. We're looking at 30% of the population the adult population, and much more in, in teens, um, which is really concerning. But what we've discovered is that anxiety, the symptoms of anxiety, actually, this is a revelation that I came across only recently. I'm really excited about it because anxiety is often their symptoms with no known cause. And when I was investigating trauma, I realized that trauma symptoms are exactly the same as anxiety symptoms. So then I was looking and realized that what is a trauma for me may not be a trauma for you. It all depends on how we're brought up and the skills that we developed in childhood. So for some people, losing a job could be a trauma. For another person, having a plane crash wouldn't be a trauma. So trauma means different things to different people. But whatever that event was, it's been unresolved and sits inside us and it triggers anxiety. It's very difficult to get to because it's in the subconscious and it's influencing thoughts and emotions and behaviors without our awareness. And of course, we need creative processes to access the subconscious and go there and begin our healing process. So we all have these different sets of problems and there's no exact one size fits all solution because we're all unique and we all have our own backstories. And so you're saying there about how we need to do these sort of creative pursuits through access to subconscious. And so why is that? And what do these creative pursuits look like? 
Oh, you mentioned many of them at the beginning at our introduction, but I have to make the distinction here that when we're using creativity to heal, it needs a therapeutic process behind it. So that is, you can show up at the canvas, but if you've got a, you're taking yourself through a process at the canvas, you're much more likely to have a healing breakthrough or to experience insights because creativity taps into your own inner wisdom and creative Developing creativity in yourself means that you become a really good problem solver because you've got that access to your own inner wisdom that gives you guidance and answers. And specific for you. And so that term creativity, I don't know why, but when I was younger, I used to think creativity meant thinking, ideas. And then when I got older, I was thinking more about that word and it's creativity means create, right? And so when you think of if someone's creative, they write, they draw, they paint, they doodle. And so when someone is being creative or they're using this creativity to solve these anxiety problems, these trauma problems, what do they do? Is it a matter of like just rolling the dice and seeing, do I do, I do like watercolor or do I do like sketching? Or what's the process from saying point A is I'm stuck, I'm stressed, I'm anxious, and then point B is they begin using your therapies. How does someone even know like what paths to go down and what action to take to create? I think this understanding is a huge benefit. Once you've raised the awareness, that will motivate somebody to start looking. And so you basically go on a quest, Robert, because you have to enjoy what you're doing. Otherwise, you're not going to stick with it. So again, different strokes, different folks. You might be drawn to painting. Somebody else might be drawn to making something with clay or soft sculpture or um, dance and movement. Writing, journaling's my big thing. Journaling, and that's not writing with attention on punctuation. It's writing cathartically, just getting what you're feeling out on the page and then be amazed as that converts to profound wisdom. So it's really finding something that you enjoy. Okay. And there's something you said in there in that it's important to enjoy in order to stick with it. And so I imagine that with this process, that the habit is important, right? That you can't just journal one day and then say, okay, cool. I'm good for six months. It needs to be something (laughs) consistent. And so what sort of a time commitment or like quota are we talking about? Like when, if someone is like journaling or drawing, do you recommend that they do a little bit every day, something every week? Like, what's your recommendation as far as the frequency in order to make sure that they stick to it? I really doing it every day because you're building a relationship with yourself and with that, you know, that wise person inside of you. And it's like any relationship, it's the time you put in and the rewards are measured by that. But of course, people are time poor. When I started, I used to put some, a couple of hours away on a Saturday and, but as I experienced the benefits of the process, the passion for it grew and grew. And so it wasn't hard then to find a little bit of time each day to work on it. Oh. You think, sorry, Robert. Yeah. No, I was just saying the way I was digesting what you were saying is that maybe someone out there says, I don't journal and I know I should. And maybe the first step in that journey is to say, let me just block out some time. Saturday morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Let me just sit there and just do a little bit. And then as they do it, then it will become a thing that they miss if they don't do. Like maybe the first step is just blocking out the time and forcing yourself to do it. But then once you get in the groove, then in the weeks ahead, 
you'll just be drawn and compelled to do it. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I was just saying as far as being drawn into the habit, at first you block it out, but then it just becomes part of your weekend. Yeah, of course, because what happens is you're meeting yourself on the page. And this is the, like, I think most of us tend to wake up and put a mask on during the day each day because we are playing roles based on our expectations of who people think we are or what society expects of us or what what we were modelled or who we were modelled to be in childhood. But what happens on the page is you meet this different part of yourself and that's the part that we want to build muscle around because that's what I call, that's who I call your real self. And once you start tapping into that, it's really exciting. You want to show up at the page or the canvas and that's a fun concept of meeting your, meeting not only yourself, but meeting your real self. And that the average person probably starts their day and it's just like some projection to everyone that they speak to. And when you talk to yourself, I almost imagine like a loop, right? Because you're doing this journaling and you're just having this conversation with yourself. You are the only person that you can probably be completely honest with. And so in your, in your journey here, of doing this journaling and maybe having some insights and ahas, what have you discovered about yourself as you were going through this self-discovery path? Mm. Oh, I've had some amazing journeys, Robert. I, I've, got, I've had a bit of a history of anxiety, stress, and depression from childhood neglect and, and a pregnancy termination that I experienced, and then my first child becoming vaccine injured. And then I was thrown into a role of parenting a child with a disability with multiple health issues. I was really, my, um, I was put on antidepressants, but I've got a very sens- sensitive system. So I didn't tolerate them. And so I had to find other ways to cope. And I tuned into my body a lot. And that's how I began writing. And because I figured well, stress was coming through my body, the anxiety was being felt in my body. I saw that as a communication from my body to me. And I thought, well, if my body's communicating stress, then it's got the answer. The answer has to be in there. So that's how I showed up at the page, basically. I also, I also just started like putting on music and shaking out the stress and tension in my body. But what I found in that too, then, is that it beca- becomes a meditative process. And again, I was tapping into my inner wisdom. And I might have been in that space inspired to say, shake my left arm or something. You're just, you're guided by your own body talk. And I healed a lot of the stress in my body through that way. I also had, I know it sounds strange, but when you do work creatively, you are inspired. And so in that music movement practice, I was inspired to in a process basically. And so over a period of a couple of weeks, I had this process then that I could follow while I was in that sequence. And um, that's where I began to tap into a lot of the core of the what was causing the trauma. And when you combine that with the journaling, it's a very powerful medium for getting to the real core of what's going on inside you. What wonderful. So you're mentioning earlier about this idea of the muscle, right? And when you think about like a physical muscle, like if you if you just sit around in a chair all day, then you'll always be tired. But then if you go out there and you make sure to walk or run or be physically fit, then just the process of movement will then give you more energy. It's counterintuitive, right? And so I imagine there, there are probably a lot of adults out there who are not used to writing or not used to talking to themselves. 
And then you also think about the idea of communication, right? If you're not communicating with your spouse, family, kids, parents, com low communication is bad. But then people don't think about the most important relationship, which is with themselves. And so just these two ideas, the working the muscle and then improving the communication to have these insights and you just know what's going on. And you mentioned earlier about how like sometimes you're not even sure what your body's telling you, what you're feeling. So by journaling, maybe not right away, but over time, you can pick up on what your body and your mind are trying to tell you. And you can actually finally be open to, to change and open to, to improvement. And so you, this method, and then you've now created kind of a business career message around it. So then how did you go from your own discovery of this process to about getting other people to use it? What was that like as far as growing your movement? I find log the logic approach to dealing with life and problems has had its day, Robert, and certainly in the mental health industry, they are looking now because the history shows that talk therapy only, only takes you so far. And so we're much more open to other things. And for me, creative processes fills that void. And so I had something unique to offer. And I found, especially with the creative movement and the journaling, people are hungry for it because we've tried the talk therapy. We've tried mainstream therapies and we know that they either A, don't work, especially if you're not a logic person and B, they only take you so far. Okay, so they only take you so far. And so how is your process different from this mainstream? Yeah, definitely education. And as I mentioned, like when you tap into your creativity, it's like getting into that artist zone. You may have heard an artist or a writer say, something came through me, I didn't paint that or I didn't write that. That's a really exciting space to get into because it's confidence building. And also you mentioned relationships when you're in that space and you've got this inner wisdom guiding you and taking responsibility for what you're feeling, you're not going to project that onto relationships. And I find that I feel like I want to do that. I go to the page. And I get it out first and I get really clear on what I need to say or do so that I can communicate that without projecting onto anybody. And then it's heard and it's much more loving. So relationships is a huge area of development when you're working creatively with yourself like this. The other thing is that I learned throughout my, my journey is that when you're suffering from anxiety, stress, depression, or trauma, as we now know, it's not just one approach. It's not just, oh, I can do some relaxation and physically I'm going to feel better. Those symptoms affect us mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. So I needed to put together a process that would meet people on that multidimensional level. So that's, that's a really big sort of area of breakthrough as well, because we know with stress, you've got the fight, flight, and freeze response. And we used to approach it with a one size fits all, but we've now we know that the fight response requires a different process. The flight response requires a different process. And the freeze response, which is the trauma response that gets trapped in the body requires very different processes again. Yeah. It's a, it's quite a complex healing process. And that's my distinction that I can offer processes that meet that complexity. And so I, I can imagine that if there, if whatever is the stress 
that is in the immediate future, whether it's having a difficult conversation, making a tough decision, taking just even taking simple action on something, there's no harm in thinking it through, right? And thinking it through in both a fast and a slow sense. And so when you're saying like journal about something to collect your thoughts, to know what you're going to be doing moving forward, it makes a lot of sense. And so you have this movement that's cut on and you have this community of people. And you probably know this, Joe, that stories are fun, right? And success stories and case studies and hearing about people who have used your methods to solve their own problems, that's really exciting. And as you, we've been saying many times here, there's no one size fits all, right? Different people have different sort of anxiety related issues and different kind of self-expression, creative avenues into solving their problems. So do you have any fun stories to share about your students who have used your method to solve their problems? Because that way we can get a taste of just the wide variety of people who have benefited. So anything come to mind as far as fun success stories? Can I answer that with, and I love that question, but I'm really, when I hear it, I actually like to hear from the person of the person who's delivering the processes about their own experiences with their processes. Can I answer that by sharing some big breakthroughs that I've had myself? Sure thing. Um, Let's hear about the big breakthroughs. Yeah. So the first thing I guess is that you were talking before, like structuring some change. Okay. You're getting in touch with yourself and then perhaps realize there's an area of change and then put in some processes to change. What I've discovered when you're working creatively is that when you, when you start getting to know yourself better and building muscle about that real self that we spoke about, when you go to the page or the canvas or whatever medium you're working with, and you have some insights into yourself and you start building that muscle around your real self, I've found that you don't need to put yourself through a program to change. The change is automatic. It's like when you build muscle around that real self, that becomes bigger than who you are. And then you find your inner relationship and the old program has gone and this new program has taken its place. And it's not all I have to think about not projecting on that person, you just don't do it. You don't have to do the, the 10 Hail Marys or whatever your theory is to change. It's an automatic change and it just becomes bigger than who we are. And that's who we are in the community then. So that's a really exciting change. Is that like, I don't, because as we said, we're time poor and how much time have you got putting into, I'm going out today and I have to behave differently and I have to do this. Just doesn't happen. You just aren't different. So that's really exciting. But I think my, my big message is that the body has incredible wisdom. And when you make space for it, you learn things about yourself that, um, you wonder how you didn't know them before and where it's been sitting in your body. And one of the big breakthroughs that I had in the creative movement method was that I was at, this is going to sound really weird and hard to understand, but I found myself back in the worm. And I realized that even as a baby, we are hearing things that our parents are saying. And we are feeling, and, um, I, I investigated that over a period of time and went, and then one day discovered through a process that I was actually a worm twin survivor and therein lay the core of my trauma. And that was, that experience precipitated over 90 consecutive dreams, which I chronicled every morning as I woke up about how that that experience impacted and shaped my life from there. 
And that took about three months. And after that three months, I thought, I'm going to ring my mother and I don't need her validation of the experience, but because I had changed so much and so much of my anxiety had reduced and during that time. But I rang her and said, Mum, I had this experience and I know it's going to be hard for you to understand. But I told her about it and she went very quiet. She said, oh, I'll get back to you and hung up. And I thought, oh, that didn't go down too well. But she rang me a couple of weeks later and she said, about your story, she said, I took it to my doctor and I asked my doctor, wouldn't I know if I had have lost a baby? And the doctor said, not necessarily. It's actually called vanishing twin syndrome and it's very common. And so we investigated that from there and discovered that it is very common. So when, um, when there's a one in 10 pregnancies begins with a twin pregnancy, but since the invention of scans, we know that only one of those 10 pregnancies birth births twins so that there are actually a lot of lost twins in that first trimester of pregnancy and so the stats show that we're looking at something like 720,000 women twin survivors a million sorry around the world 720 million women twin survivors around the world and many don't know it but in fact they're living with survivor shame and guilt and grief and experiencing all these symptoms, but not knowing where they're coming from. It's, it's again, and very complex, but, um, there are now processes, healing processes in, in place and there should include resources for women, twin survivors. So yeah, I feel I'm grateful to share that opportunity because if someone's out there that's in, been experiencing ongoing anxiety and depression and has never been able to find the root cause, this could be something that they may want to explore. If you just Google women twin survivors, you'll find that there are resources for people out there. Amazing. And also spooky that there may be a root cause to dig deep down into. And you were saying that what's most important is to get on this journey and that many of the problems will work themselves out, that it's not necessarily a matter of consciously fixing this or that just by this process of understanding and listening to yourself and knowing yourself a little bit better that you may just become this more enlightened person and you may look back on yourself from four or five years ago and say, I don't even recognize that person because I've come <laughs> such a long way. And, yeah. and now like, I don't even have to think about some of those problems that were previously plaguing me. So you really tapped into something important and special and your website is unretirable.com.au. And we also wanted to make sure to mention that link about you had a free gift at unretirable.com dot com dot au slash m slash login so can you tell us about your business and your website and about this freebie and if someone is impressed by what you've taught us so far and they want to take the next step and find out about everything you have going on where should they go and what will they find yeah so on unretirable.com robert and there's programs that i offer there for people to be able to take them on a journey into this new way of living and there is a free complimentary video there which talks about the impact of pregnancy termination on women and how we often go into this sabotaging behavior without realizing it and there are, there's actually some reference to research on that video about that. 
that I also talk more about worm mold and the worm stories and the impact that it has. That's, there's the link there for that. Yeah. So there's also books, links to books on Amazon there that I've written. My, my story is in a book called My Body is My Liberation. And there's some other journals there that people can buy that they can actually take themselves through processes. So we've got programs for people that want to be held on the journey and guided and be in a community. Well, there's books there where you can take yourself through a journey. Fantastic. And as you know, Joe, the internet is all about trying different things out and seeing what captures your attention and then biting on the bait that gets you and then going and exploring more of that. Someone now has discovered you, Joe Hater. You are a co-author with Pat Masidi in the book, The Power of Transformation. And you have these many other books such as My Body, My Liberation. Is that, did I say that right? Yes, yes. Okay, my, my body, my liberation. And the next step is for someone to dig deep and find out about this journal therapy, about your book, about your bio at unretirable.com.au. So we will see you there once you head on over and see what Joe has to tell you about the vision of speaking the spirit of life over you and her vision of inspiring growth, healing, and transformation. So as we're wrapping up our conversation, Joe, do you have any final parting words of advice? Do you have something that maybe has stuck with you, advice you wish you'd gotten 10, 15 years ago, or just something to make us feel good and inspired and motivated to move forward? Anything as far as like a one or two sentence soundbite to really end our conversation on an amazing positive note? What do you think? I think life begins at the end of your comfort zone. Because if we change, nothing, nothing will change. Amazing. Life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And the very next step to leave your comfort zone is to go to unretirable.com.au and see what is waiting for you there. So that way you can begin this process of healing from trauma, getting to change, communicating with yourself better and living a happier, more fulfilled life. So we will see you there at unretirable.com.au. Joe Hater, co-author of The Power of Transformation. Wonderful speaking to you, Joe. You too, Rama. Thank you so much. Thank you.